0: episode 34 and another epic episode in the books really enjoyed this one with the one and only kareel was here and in fact he was well he was here via phone but good enough for me uh kareel was here kareel is a uh, a pretty amazing unique individual been in the nightlife scene for quite a while and uh, we got to hear his story and i thought his story was extremely insightful and inspirational and Got to hear how this young kid, who was in his early to mid-20s, picked up a camera, worked hard, followed around comedians in New York City, uh, grinded away, went on tour with big-name DJs and and other people in the entertainment nightlife world, and was just picking up things from these people along the way and working for them and doing anything he could to just be there, be present, and uh, one night decided to start snapping pictures, uh, put up a website And the rest is history. And uh, regardless of what you think about him and his tactics and antics, you got to give the guy credit for building a brand and um, finding success and finding ways to make money and enjoy your life and do what you want to do that makes you happy. So um, really enjoyed the episode. Look forward to seeing him next week here in Cleveland. He will be at Forward Nightclub Friday, June 15th. And uh, without further ado, please welcome the one and only Kirill.
1: The optimal life.
0: So, uh, welcome, brother. Welcome. And uh, you got to be exhausted after uh, after what you were just telling me about about your little getaway in, in Mexico the past few days.
1: Yeah, it's actually I feel more exhausted relaxing in Mexico than I would if I was on like a five city run for some reason. Yeah. I think I just I think I just don't know what to do with myself. Yeah. I literally just sat there in Mexico like we were just bored out of our minds.
0: So you were supposed to go from Mexico to Vegas. And, uh... Yeah, so
1: I'm on like this mini birthday run for myself where me and my girl, we're going to go on vacation. And then every year I go to Vegas with all my friends just to do like two, three nights. Everyone kind of gets together and we just get retarded without having to worry about working. Um, so, yeah, flew home to repack bags and then a 7 a.m. flight to Vegas to blackout in 104 degree weather
0: so obviously the way you do vegas is probably different than the way a lot of us do vegas so fill us in on on what what you're gonna what what the next few days look like for you
1: oh i am such a basic bitch i do vegas like the rest of you guys do there's nothing different that i'm gonna do that no one else does i'm going there to gamble to eat good food and get drunk at a nightclub that's it there's no like you know I'm not like Dan Bilzerian or any of these crazy dudes uh, that are living these like you know lavish lifestyles with their private jets. I am <laughs> just an average Joe that got lucky.
0: That's why I like you, man. That's why I like you. Yeah, you know, you know I give people hope that if you can drop yeah. out of college and you're kind of ugly like me, that you can
1: still kind of fail upwards. <laughs>
0: So, did you uh, were you born here or were you born in Russia?
1: I was born
0: in Russia, nineteen eighty four. I'm an old fuck, so uh, I moved to America when we were six. And where were you born? I'm where were you born in Russia?
1: Uh, Moscow.
0: Okay, my wife was born in Belarus, which is I don't even know if it's technically Russia, but
1: dude, I am such a dumb Russian. Like, yeah, uh, I don't know anything about. Like I, I, never really, you know, I was too young to remember it, and I have a little bit of like, I have pride in my Russianness, but I don't really know enough Russian history, and it's kind of embarrassing.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you grew up in where you uh, you came you came here at what age? You said
1: six years old. We landed on uh, Plymouth Rock for Russians is basically Brighton Beach in New York. There's two destinations, which is ironic. I'm talking <laughs> to you. It's either Cleveland or
0: Brooklyn. Yeah, I was gonna. T- I was gonna say actually. Uh, you, you, obviously, you know this, but we have a huge Russian population here. I mean, my my wife immigrated here when she was I don't know two three years old with her family. Yeah, it's like really oh, yeah. weird that they like picked Cleveland, but yeah. So you'll fit right in next weekend. Uh, dude, I have my
1: closest family friends that are like I've th-
0: th- they're coming to the party. Nice, uh, nice. So yeah. um,
1: grew up in Brooklyn for a few years, and so my parents got, like, real jobs once they assimilated a little bit, learned the language, mm-hmm. and then I was raised in Jersey.
0: Oh, that's great, man. That's great. So so let's go back to it, because I, I kind of want to hear, hear more about how you got there. So, you just a normal guy, like you said, growing up. I mean, at what point do you start doing this stuff with the internet, or wh- when did you start playing around with the photography stuff?
1: Um, it was, like, my whole life I was always drawn to the arts, I guess, I since... I remember like third grade or some shit I wanted to work for Disney I wanted to be a Disney animator I like that's all I could think about it's like I just want to work for Disney work for Disney work for Disney graduated high school got a full scholarship to go to art school uh pursued animation hated every minute of doing it uh I'm one of those kids which is I guess why I do so well on the internet is I had the attention span of a goldfish, where it was like I couldn't sit there and draw for five hours to get like <laughs> half a second of animation. Right. I need instant gratification, right. which is basically what the internet is now days. Uh, so I, I quit that, went to graphic design, went to film, did photography. So I touched everything, but I always had like a creative eye for things. Um, and at the same time, I was really getting heavy in the stand-up comedy, uh, just listening to it. And becoming a huge fan of it, uh, and trying to find a way to infiltrate that scene, and I started filming videos for comedians in New York. I would, like run away. I dropped. Out. I basically stopped going to college, but didn't tell anyone. Wow! Uh, because I didn't. We didn't have like my parents didn't pay for it, so they never really knew anything that was happening until eventually the school was like, "Yo, uh, you lost your scholarship," and then like my parents were like freaking out. But I would like escape to the New York comedy scene and just to hang out with comedians to be in the presence to kind of like feed off their energy. To l- I just love the way their minds work. That's I'm awesome. Like, that's crazy. They, to me, comedy was always brilliant because they use the same words you and I do. They just rearrange them in a certain way that's both intelligent
0: funny. Mhm. Mm-hmm.
1: And I and I really like uh, language was very like important to me. Who who are some um, of those who
0: are some of those comedians? anyone that any names that we yeah, would Yeah, dude,
1: I used to do I used to go to drum sessions with Bill Burr and like shoot him and I used to run Bill Burr's MySpace page. Wow. All those guys. I used to do like that whole era of comedy. Oh
0: yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I'm a big uh, fa- I'm a big fan of Rogan, so like Joe Rogan, yeah, and I know. Yeah. Rogan was
1: already pretty big at that time because of Fear yeah. Factor, I believe. So he was kind of like, like I was kind of when when Bill was coming up. That's when I was in the scene, mm-hmm. doing my thing. Just I tried to be as indispensable to comedians as possible. Right. I literally was just like a big fanboy. That's like I just want to be there. Yeah. I want to be a ground yeah. zero of the comedy scene. Um,
0: so you're you're doing the behind the scenes stuff. You're you're helping them with whatever it was, photography, uh, marketing. I could just yeah. to be around them. Mm -hmm. And
1: it was at that point my mom was getting, she already accepted the fact that I wasn't going to graduate college, but she was getting really worried that I was going down a dark path because a lot of comedians are dark. Their humor comes from pain, suffering, whether it's drugs, family life, whatever it was. So she was getting really worried that like, oh, there's going to be a bad influence on you. They're going to mold your brain, blah, blah, blah. But in the end, they kind of just taught me what was funny, what the line was, how to cross that line you know just kind of like you know like i was just thrown in the deep end and learned how to like swim
0: absolutely uh, that's, that's never that's really important.
1: wanted to perform
0: mm-hmm. never
1: really wanted to do anything in the comedy scene never i was always funny but it was i just never thought it was my place i was more like an uh, like a passionate observer yeah and then yeah. and then um i met a dj and he was just like he was poor and I was poor. Like, I was making dirt money because none of these comedians had any money to begin with. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, they're, you're not looking at, like, Louis C.K. at his height. I was dealing with Bill Burr when he was also starting out.
0: Right, right. What, do you, what is this pack like in 03, 04 time frame? Somewhere uh, thereabouts? I would say 05. 05
1: mm-hmm. ish. Yeah. And then, so I met a DJ and he was like, hey, do you want to go to nightclubs? I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. And I was like, you want to come to comedy shows? And he was like, perfect. And I was like, look, the only thing I can get is I can get free food and free drinks in comedy clubs because they don't pay me shit. So I would have I, he would come over. I'd feed him. We eat and then we go to a nightclub together. And I would kind of be like, "Whoa, what is this world over here?" And after about a year or two of hanging around with him uh, and drinking, I was like, "All right, this is kind of like kind of bored." Yeah, I don't know what else I should be doing. And one night I had my camera from the comedy club that I just took. Yeah, <coughs> like, let me take some photos at a at a at a nightclub. I took some photos, and then everyone was like, hey, uh, are you going to put these photos anywhere? Uh, and I was like, all right, I guess I got to just build a website, I guess. Maybe this will be my thing I do late <laughs> nights. And we sat down at the time. I had a roommate, and he was like a web developer, and I kind of did graphic design, so we kind of combined forces. I laid out the website, he coded it, and then Kirill was, here, was born. And it was kind of at a very interesting time where not everyone had a digital camera yet where it became so diluted like the way it is now right right. but there was only like two or three dope photographers in New York it was last night's party and it was Nikki Digital those were really the two and like driven by boredom so there was three guys and I kind of came in and I and all like within like a week or two I would be hitting every party I could that I thought was fucked I didn't want to get paid because I had a comedy club day job so I just wanted to explore the party scene and my photos with my little cruiser watermark started showing up all over Facebook. Cause that was the social media app at the time before our grandparents took over. So <laughs> it was yeah. everywhere, everywhere. Yeah. I was yeah. like the hot kid in town. The site was growing exponentially, kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it got to the point where having your club or party on my site was like a co side. <clears throat> And that's when I knew it was start. It was going to become like a little bit of a business. Where like clubs outside of New York were like, hey, Krill, would you want to shoot at our club? Because it was basically they were buying ad space. Mm-hmm. Like if you own a club in Boston, you're like, hey, Kirill, here's like a few hundred bucks. Because that's what it was back then. Like and a bottle of Patron, uh, we'd come shoot at our club. And I would come through. I'd take these fun party photos. Just fun. It wasn't crazy nudity. It was like, right. hey, maybe you'd see a tit once in a while. But very rarely. It was just about showing a fun party and nobody else was really
0: doing this huh i mean you kind of
1: there was just a few really kind of like i don't know i get i I was just kind of in my own lane i wasn't really paying attention Mm -hmm. i was doing what i thought was fun and that basically became the site and then on top of that i added commentary and that's where the comedian side kicked in because a lot of people would be like oh here's a photo of like a hot chick and my whole commentary on facebook at that time was like i post a photo of the hot chick i photographed and be like I bet you fart skittles. As dumb as that line is, it was like I was slowly like experimenting with adding my commentary on the people I photographed. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, that's interesting. And it, kind yeah. of, and it kind of became that thing where, like, I took a photo of three girls and I'd post and be like, "Fuck, Mary, kill!" Like, I was, I, I wasn't letting the audience <laughs> yeah. always decide on their own. I was kind of. And like, you're probably going my opinion on the subject matter. You're probably and,
0: go- and you're probably going like, man. Every time I I do some of this. Uh, these, these crazy captions, these pictures are getting more interest than the other ones. Exactly. Right? So it was yeah. just
1: kind of like my personality was being built, where people were like, all right, it's not just Kirill capturing these people. It, it, it was just like, it was a combination of me showing up and and people were like, oh, that's Kirill. Oh, shit, I want him to take my photo.
0: Wow. Uh, like I
1: better look good for the photo because I know he's going to post it tomorrow. It's like really weird.
0: Wow, and that's insane. It
1: started blowing up, and then um, the next like thing in the career was uh, I got noticed by DJs. It's like um, I got taken on tour with by a track Steve Aoki, Tiesto, and getting all these guys to slowly co-sign me because at this time I was strictly doing really dope party photos. And, and
0: how long has this been going on for now at this point?
1: I started in 2009. I'd say this is like two years. Within well, okay. two years, I was like on tour with people. Uh, so much fun. Total blast. Worst money of my life. But it was just the was just to have these people in my Rolodex to say it works with them.
0: Totally. Because I knew that there was, like, brand, there was you're building a brand. There's a, there a brand side to yeah, this. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like when
1: T.S. brought me on tour, it wasn't like I'm going to make a million bucks off of him. It was like, cool, in exchange for me getting shit money for being a photographer, I want you to tweet that I'm coming on tour with you. I want three Facebook posts out of you, blah, blah, blah. Like, I negotiated shit where it wasn't like, So I know a lot of kids in the industry are like, oh, I just want the money grab. I was like, no, I want the TSO cosign because that's worth way more money than you'll ever pay me. There you go. It's for him to, it's for him to say, oh, I'm taking Caril on tour. Oh, that's huge. Uh, so I that's was huge. always thinking yeah. a few steps ahead. Yeah. I was like, I'll monetize this somewhere down the road, I'd rather have the cosine. That's
0: Uh, That's really interesting. So at this point, you're in your mid-20s, right? You're about 25, give or take.
1: I'm probably way older. I'm probably like 28. I started this at 25.
0: You started this at 25, yeah, yeah.
1: I wish I started at 18. Um,
0: well, if you were born uh, in 84, yeah, okay, so 84, 2009, yeah, yeah 2009, you're about 25. Uh, 25, but, years yeah. uh, 25 years old. Yeah. 25 years old. And
1: then the champagne shit started. And, like, the beauty of champagne happened because New York has this weird brunch sensation that has been tried to be replicated but not successfully anywhere else. It's where Saturday afternoons, Sunday afternoons, nightclubs are weird brunch spots just do this... Cr- Excuse me! Crazy brunch party that then turns into a nightclub day party with champagne being sprayed everywhere, and I was clearly in the heart of it, shooting it all. And that's when I started like pouring champagne on the girl, and the photos instantly caught the attention. What is that uh,
0: like? Those Lavo brunches, or yeah, even before Lavo brunch, I, uh, I was doing like Bagatelle brunch, Bagatelle, yeah, whatever yeah. it was back
1: in day and night in New
0: York. It's it's still this, uh, popular too. party, yeah. And I built out a I built out a separate tumbler
1: for it called champagne facials and literally within two days I was at a party and some girl goes do you think Carola gave me a champagne facial I was like dude I just put this on the internet <laughs> two days ago like it was crazy how fast it was growing yeah, and that kind of became that kind of became like my my signature as dumb as it is right. it's my Steve Aoki throwing cakes Right, mine was I'm going to pour champagne on you and yeah. that led to more and more bookings then Instagram came out you know I got kicked off like ten times off of that uh, you got kicked off of instagram oh i got kicked off instagram so many times in the very beginning i've had so many instagram accounts
0: um no shit why would they kick of you off why would they kick you out
1: that's the thing like the thing is i've always had a little bit of uphill battle with my brand and then of course the one name that stuck slut Whisper, which has blown up to this massive following is the most unmonetizable name on the planet <laughs> like even if i wanted to do brand sponsorships like if like a liquor company's like yo girl first of all you're the biggest alcoholic on instagram you throw the wildest parties you have a huge reach to a demographic of kids that drink but we cannot work with someone named Slopes. <laughs> like it's like literally oh, shit it, it's it so it kind of almost prevents me from quote-unquote selling out
0: yeah that's uh, hilarious man why would they what so wait a second they let you stay on now what was their reasoning at the so beginning so
1: it was i don't dude i couldn't even fucking tell you it doesn't make it was, sense was here was the first one then it was yeah. like Carillix. then it was like Carill got me pranked i had like 10 names and then i was like all right i'm gonna give this one more shot one last instagram account and i went on twitter i was like what should i call it because i'm out of names and some guy goes slut whisper i'm like cool take it done and i just ran with it and all of a sudden, like, everyone started, uh, like, I was friends with, like, Josh, Fat Jew, and the kids from Fuck Jerry, and they would, like, tag me and shit, and my account blew up really fast.
0: Right, yeah, um, yeah. And then
1: I got deleted, uh, Slow Whisperer. Wow. For four, month, four months, I was furious. And then somehow, they turned me back on, and then I got deleted, like, two more times, but then it was, like, quicker and quicker, and then they verified me, and then I was like, all right, I'm safe. And now they kind of let me be, like in my own little pocket of the internet where I just like talk shit, make fun of everything. Right. Um, and built my little following of like-minded individuals who, you know, my shit kind of embodies the Kirill's going to say what I wish I could say, but I can't cause I'll get fired. And it's not like I'm saying some shit just to ruffle feathers. I'm just the kind of guy that like, that's what I think is funny to me.
0: Right. right. Like
1: I love a good, cheesy, simple, silly joke, but my brand has always been kind of like I'm going to say some dumb shit that I know it's going to piss a few people off, but at least it'll make me laugh.
0: So let me ask you that because that's an interesting point with the uh, with the Instagram stuff and the fact that these social media people behind the scenes have this kind of uh, potential power or, or or stranglehold over over your brand. I mean, basically what I'm hearing. Um, if they don't like something at any moment's notice, they've done it in the past, they can just pull the plug on you or, or, or you, know, put, you know, put you on hold and those kind of things. So, so my, my question for you is, because I know that you've got this, this brand that's been building, how do you handle that? And what are your plans, you know, outside of just the, the, the social stuff? I mean,
1: look, social media to me is like an appendage. I can live without it would I want to probably not like if I lost an arm but that's like the thing is like a lot of people jump on my shit and be like oh man like your 15 minutes are almost up I'm like my oh man I've been doing this for now 10 years right. like I started as a photographer in the party scene I had a following before Instagram came around I had a following before Twitter came around like I will still work I'll still do parties my name is still pretty well synonymous in the nightlife scene and it's not like I'm going to do this for the rest of my life the the what I think is interesting about social media is it allows you to build a following and hopefully you take these people on a little
0: wherever trip wherever you go life. wherever you go yeah yeah, yeah. Makes sense. look I know
1: it's hard to imagine life without Instagram because you're like it's such a big part of all our lives but we all saw how Facebook started to deteriorate how Snapchat shit the bed so. You know, I'm sure there's how about
0: be your uh, how about your early MySpace days, man? I thought MySpace was going to be you yeah, know here forever. Like that's, but that's the thing, people are like yeah. this is
1: what we're going to have. But you know we'll also eventually migrate to the next thing. And right. you take your following with you, and they kind of go on this journey to see you grow. Right. Um, but your point to the being like, hey, if they delete me tomorrow, what am I going to do? I mean, I'll probably at this point have enough connections where I can knock on some doors and be like, all right. Tell them to put me back on because um, I don't know why they would put me back. on it'd be someone else's choice. It's like that's the thing. It's like I can complain all I want, but in the end, it's a, it's a, it's a privilege. It's not a right, you know. It's a private company. If they don't want me on there, they don't want me on there.
0: Right, right. So how Uh, how are you making? How are you you making, making? But you can, but like, but here's
1: the beauty of the internet.
0: Yeah,
1: is I can also fall back on how soft the culture is these days, and then cause a stink about. Freedom of speech being oppressed, blah 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 blah. The same garbage that I don't like seeing everyone else complain about. Right. If I really wanted to, I could be like, "Well, this company is not letting me. You know, they're they're silencing my voice and blah blah blah
0: blah blah." blah. Yeah. You could um, be like all the other main, all the other wackies that are uh, running around protesting, exactly. From, exactly. protesting nothing, but they um, feel they feel powerful then. So. I mean,
1: I just got kicked off of Twitter
0: yeah yeah i, I was uh, reading that earlier yeah so
1: it's you know picking a fight with some fat girls but that's that's you
0: know they kicked the you off because of they, they kicked what, what did you say that got you kicked off
1: um some f- i i just picked a fight i didn't even pick a fight this fat girl wrote something about saying that you shouldn't fat shame people blah, blah 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 and i was like cool i think you should be as fat as you want to be but until your fatness becomes an inconvenience to me Meaning, like, if I'm on a plane and you're on a plane next to me, if you're spilling over into my seat, then your fatness is a problem. And then they're like, well, (laughs) flying first class. I'm like, well, why should I Uh, have to pay more because you are too fat to fit in the seat?
0: Yes, you have a a tremendous point.
1: it's, It's, you know, there's no personal responsibility anymore. It's like, well, it's someone else's problem. You know, and then they're like, well, manspreading, you shouldn't do that because you're inconveniencing others around you i'm like well that's the same point i'm trying to argue with you being too fat yeah i mean it's just yeah, like
0: yeah uh, people are so sensitive man it's just crazy it's insane and i and the i think the problem what you, is yeah. and
1: someone made a really good point about it is we used to be proud of being strong and nowadays everyone is proud to be a victim
0: so true it's so like true. Such like a wants to be yeah, a victim yeah. so that they
1: can be like, oh, look at my story, blah 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 blah. And it's like, dude, just like.
0: Well, think about it. Here, here you are. You probably you could speak on this more than ninety nine percent of people. Here you are doing your thing. You're you're you've got the blinders on. You don't care. You're just you're just out there doing your thing. You know people are not going to like it, and people are going to love it. And you don't really give a shit either way. Um, and then you've got this whole group of people that are just sitting around all day waiting for you to do your thing, so that they can go and complain about it. I mean, look, and doing nothing without else. Without
1: them, here's the thing: you you need those people as much as I might not like them. They are very, very necessary for my brand. Because if there was no controversy, then there'd really be nothing to talk about either. Like I've had shows and parties that were protested, that were shut down before I even got there because the local group of feminists told the club owner and then he buckled. And I could have just gone and done the show and would have been a night, you know, like any other night, wouldn't have made any news, would have just been like, all right, Krill came here, threw a party and left. But the controversy of me having my shit canceled, me fighting back and forth with them on social media, just kind of adds to the brand, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like necessary. And I've always felt that and this is what I was taught in art school is that art should evoke an emotion. Now, whether what I do is art or not is up for debate, whether it's performance art or whatever you want to call it, is I want to, I need to evoke an emotion. I don't want to be, I don't want to be glossed over. Either I'm going to like
0: enrage you or I'm going to make you laugh or I'm going to make you
1: happy or I'm going to make you horny or whatever reaction, but I want to get something out of you. I just don't want you to be like, eh.
0: So without the controversy, you feel like this, this would have never been nearly as big as it's become? Well, yeah. I mean, I think that's that's part of it. Yeah. I think it's also, thank God, you know, the climate we're in where everyone is so offended, there's just like plenty
1: of material. It's too easy.
0: It's almost too easy for you.
1: It is. I mean, yeah. it's like you look at the South Park guys. They even said themselves in this day and age. They're like, reality it's so absurd that they can't even write
0: <laughs> that's an right. episode anymore. Uh, that's um, funny.
1: Because every day there's
0: something new. You're yeah. like, what? Th- those what? guys, those guys think. had no idea that they were making a cartoon for the future that was going to be so spot on. Dude, it's crazy. But, yeah. And it's like, the,
1: and my my rule of thumb, and it's the South Park rule of thumb, is either make fun of everything or you make fun of nothing. Right. And that's like the thing that people forget. You know, you you can make fun of. I'll make fun of everyone in the sun and then I make fun of one group and some guy gets freaked out. I was like, yo, that's too far. I'm like, cool, you're okay with gay jokes, tranny jokes, Holocaust jokes, black jokes. But the minute I made whatever group that you belong to, make fun of that, then it's too far.
0: Right. Funny how that works.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, it's like, dude, I've made so many transgender jokes and they're like, oh my God, how could you do this? I'm like, dude, you're forgetting. You want to be treated equal. And equality comes with the good and the bad. (laughs) And the bad part might be you're going to be made fun of just like everybody
0: else. Right. We're, we're all we're, we're all targets. you if you, you got to pay to play. You can't, can't go one way and not the other. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's interesting. Uh, I, I think what you've done is, is really unbelievable. I mean, little did you know that when you were – Pulling out that camera that first night back at those comedy clubs in the early to, early oh. to mid-2000s, you had no idea what you were just embarking on, man. I mean, I it's think crazy. that's
1: the coolest thing to me. And I think, um, I don't know what you do for a living.
0: Are you... I'm DJing? actually, yeah, no, no, no. I, I'm actually, okay. I'm in, uh, defense contracting. Man. Something totally different, yeah. Totally outside. Okay. Yeah. Um, like, to me, I knew, and I was a, always a very studious kid, um
1: going through grade school, mainly because I came from, you know, immigrant family. My parents were very strict. Education, education, education. That's why me dropping out of college was like the biggest... Sh- I was the first person in my family not to go to college. Um, or not to graduate. Right. But I knew from having a few corporate jobs, because I, I interned, and then I and I actually went for some real jobs. I just didn't like knowing what the rest of my life was going to be like.
0: Yeah, It just wasn't for me. Yeah.
1: And that is for some people they you know they're like I'm going to have a white picket fence, I'm going to have this job, I'm going to get this promotion, I'm going to be VP blah, blah blah. For me, I think the unknown is what drove me. So like you're saying like hey, who would have thought 10 years ago you pick up the camera would have led to this? Yeah. Like I didn't would never have thought about it. But I'm happy about the journey and I'm very curious about what's going to happen in the next 10 years. Right. I know I'm not going to keep my mouth shut. I'm just going to continue being me. And I think that's one of the only real reasons the shit on Instagram kind of works. Because I'm not really delivering anything new. You know, Carlin has done all these, uh, covered all these topics. All these modern day comedians have covered all these topics. Um, I think I'm just trying to bring a level of authenticity to social media. Because I think a lot of the shit that's on the internet it's everyone just trying to put on, you know, I'm living my best life. Like, everyone's trying to show off.
0: Oh, man. And, uh, you have no and idea I'm how many like, times I'm yeah. going to be
1: raw. This is, if I'm in a bad mood, you're going to see it through my posts yeah. or through my content. Yeah. I'm just giving you complete honesty uh, because then you can't catch me in a lie.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's beautiful, man. I mean, you have no idea how many people I've run on the show already. We talk about how social media is such a facade for 90% plus people, and and uh, you're right, everyone's always putting out, no one's putting out their, their bad day, or their argument with their spouse, or significant other, exactly. so it's pretty everybody, fucking, it's refreshing, everybody is like the grasses, you look at everyone yeah. like, fuck, I wish I had that life, yeah. and then you're like, you actually
1: step foot in their fucking life, and you're like, dude, you're kind of miserable,
0: yeah, exactly, exactly, hey, so th- real quick, um, yeah. uh, just to, just to get, get through it, and uh, I know we're a little bit tight on time, but, um uh, want to get to next weekend and, and promote a little bit for that but um so so basically with not getting into financial details or anything but how are you yeah. uh how how are you making you know majority of your income at this point I mean my business plan has always pretty much stayed
1: the same i get paid to show up and kind of throw a good party uh, okay. before it used to be i get paid to show up document the party then it became kind of hosting the party and now it's just kind of like um, the ringleader yeah. of whatever might happen. The nights, but, but that's what's beautiful about. It. Like I said, it's an unknown what might happen in each city. There's no plan. That's just like I'm gonna show up. Hopefully, the people that fuck with me are gonna show up, and it's just gonna be a very beautiful epic, epic,
0: show. epic. It's just yeah, fun. It's yeah. like
1: I hate nightclubs. I'm telling you this from the bottom of my heart. <laughs> I've never enjoyed <laughs> nightclubs. It's funny. I think it's the idea of parties to me is always about being inclusive and all nightclubs do are try to make you unoriginal everyone's got to look and dress the same act the same the every club is like we're the most exclusive blah blah blah. you get in there everyone's standing around on their phones the girls are like too cool to
0: like have fun that's interesting don't get get too drunk because we'll throw you out
1: don't do this don't do that and it's like i kind of came in was like all right, my brand's going to be about having fun. I want you to be fun because it's four walls designed to get drunk, probably get laid, make some mistakes, wake up the next morning and be like, shit, I have a story to tell. Exactly. Um, Besides, hey, me and my boy spent two grand on a couple bottles and now we just have a hangover and none of us got laid
0: because that's most of what happens (laughs) at the nightclub. Yeah, Um, yeah. And once I
1: built myself into a position of power in the nightlife scene where I can regulate that, where people who are booking me, I'm coming in there and I'm telling them, like, you're letting in anyone in this door dressed as weird, as funny as they want. I don't care if they're in a onesie. I don't care if they're bringing me a gallon of milk. I want them in here. I want this to be a party.
0: All in. Everyone, everyone's allowed in. Everyone's to be everyone's
1: allowed in. I mean, obviously, there's some rules that
0: they need to follow. Sure, you know, sure. Of to, course. You know, like, it's not my club, but
1: when you're booking me, you know that you're going to I'm going to pretty much destroy your nightclub.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, uh, that's interesting. And,
1: but it'll be probably, and if you ask any booker that's ever had me, one of the most fun nights you'll have at your venue. Do you
0: make any money from the social media stuff, or is it really just mostly nope, the. I, I think. make
1: no money from social media. Oh. Absolutely. I mean, from like, I've never had a sponsored post. For, like I told you, no one's going to touch it. Yeah. Me. And yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I make my money off of throwing parties, and then we recently just were like, okay, cool. Well, let's start monetizing at least the message that I have. Uh, and we just built out this merch store, and
0: yeah, I saw that. that. I saw that. Yeah,
1: I just sell merch.
0: That's great. Throw parties. That's great. And man.
1: the social media is just like everyone's like, "Yo, you should charge for your Snapchat because you give people such crazy content." I am like, oh, "Dude, like, I want people to watch it and I want people to see it and be like, I want to go to that.' Come to my party. Yep, that's where
0: I get paid. Yeah, oh, it makes it makes total sense. It's the same thing that you. It's the approach that you had back with the uh, with the um, DJs like Tiesto and those guys it wasn't about getting paid right away it was about building the brand if you build it they will come man and that's really impressive what you've done Um, so do you have uh, managers or who who books these nightclubs for you
1: Um, I have a management team out of New York and they kind of just have all the connections or people at this point you know message me and I pass it along to them Um, but that's it they book me out several times a month you know some, some months I might only go out on the road five times and then Next weekend I'm on the road four nights, and then the weekend after that is four gigs in a row. So wow, good uh, for you.
0: Yeah, it for gets you. pretty
1: taxing. The hangovers are starting to catch up to you at age 34.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I, would, I would imagine. How how uh, how'd you get booked to? Uh, have you been, have you ever been to? First off, have you ever been here in Cleveland?
1: I've been to Cleveland to visit our old family friends. Nice. I've been trying to go. To Cedar Point for God knows like five years, and I won't pull the trigger because flights from New York sometimes like $900. So I'm like, I'm not flying to ride roller coasters <laughs> for 900 bucks. That's um, funny.
0: Where would you fly to? Because Cleveland's about an hour and a half from Sandusky, which is where Cedar Point is. I don't Point even is. know. Yeah. I
1: remember doing research, and I was very. I'm a Jew. I was like, I'm not spending this money. Yeah, we have something uh, in common. We
0: have something saying, in common there, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, I'm very
1: pumped because like i said i've been doing this for 10 years i've never done a party in cleveland so the hype is there there you go you know it's kind of like it's fun to come to a new city because like all right let's see let's see what these kids are all about this is like hey i'm popping my cherry i heard the club is Mm -hmm. fucking awesome so yeah i gotta um, tell you i gotta tell you I'm not one of these guys that's like oh i gotta show up from this time to this time contractually i go in early I like to drink with everyone i like to hang out with everyone uh, I'm usually the drunkest person in the room
0: by the end of the night. Let me, t- uh, let me tell you real quick about Forward because it, it, it is an amazing experience. I've actually had Bobby Rudder, who's the uh, one of the, the owners. He's the, the main operator of Forward Nightclub. He's been on the show. Uh-huh. Uh, good friend. And uh, these guys, just about two and a half, I think this is their third summer now, and they had this crazy idea a few years ago to put an open bar an open nightclub in Cleveland, Ohio. What I mean by that, there's no roof. There's no rooftop. This is an outdoor club. Seriously. Oh yeah, yeah. Four how f- did, how is the weather like? That's Monday what I said to him. I said, "Dude, are you fucking crazy? What were you, th-? you know, I, we were all saying this place is never going to make it. Bro, let me tell you, this club, it they're only open like 3-4 months a year. And because of that, this and they've got a pool. There's got a little pool there. You'll you'll love this place. Oh my god. This, are you coming? oh yeah I think we're coming next weekend for oh, sure perfect. bring for the sure. wife bring the wife yeah we will we're, we'll, we'll keep her we'll keep her at distance but she'll come that's fine she can pour champagne on <laughs> <up>, people <laughs> exactly I, at this point in my life I don't
1: think <laughs> I, I might touch one bottle of champagne at a party because it's such a fun feeling yeah like to pour champagne on someone like everyone runs up like can I do it I'm like go ahead have fun yeah pour exactly well you know what? you
0: and my wife have in common you're both Russian Jews so there's something there, there you, you guys to chat about there you go uh, but dude I'll tell you man you'll love this place. It's wide open. The DJs are awesome. I know you're bringing Vinny what is it was a Vinny vibe, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My buddy yeah. from uh, Rhode Island. He was thinking about coming on this podcast too. Him and I have been chatting back and forth. So Oh sick. Yeah. So uh but you guys will love this man. It's an open place. It gets packed to the nines and it's just a fun experience. Even if it's raining out, man, it just becomes even probably even more fun. It's it's pretty wild. Yeah. yeah. It'll uh, be you guys I, will love it.
1: I'm very pumped. I'm excited.
0: So what's the plan? Is it just going to be just you doing your thing? Is there anything special for next Friday or it's just like it is every time you you get out?
1: Dude, every time is is something new. Yeah. Which is, you know, like I said, I'm the guy that's just like the ringleader. I'll set the fire and then I'll just watch it get out of control and I'll guide it. I'll guide the party any direction I needed to go to. But other than that, it's just like, go.
0: Nice. Nice.
1: There's people that want to go out and have a classy evening and there's people that don't. And those are the people that come to my parties. Yeah, those people that just want to come and get fucked up and have a good time and forget about their problems, as cliche as that sounds. Um, and that's what they're coming out to do. You
0: Hell know? yeah, man. Hell yeah. It's going to be great. Yeah, we're, we're planning on being there, man. I'll shoot you I'll shoot you a message just to just oh, to absolutely. let you know for sure. Yeah, you
1: gotta come. I, I usually go pregame somewhere. Yeah, we'll we'll meet we we'll meet in. you for a drink for sure. I like to roll in a little tipsy yeah. because my, 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 I have such social anxiety talking to people sometimes, yeah. especially in crowds. That I'm like I need to be at least buzzed yeah. to like other people.
0: Will you roll in uh, with like security? How does that work?
1: I mean, I don't really, no. I travel either alone or with my best friend, Kevin. The club yeah. gives us a security guard, like, right. at the table or wherever we're at. But, yeah, I'm not...
0: Not like that, yeah.
1: I, I don't have an ego or any of that shit about... Yeah. I, I don't warrant security. No one's, like, mobbing me at the airport for a photograph.
0: Yeah. But uh, what about the dudes? The dudes aren't trying to... You, you ever have any problems with, like, guys, you know, one of their girlfriends... Dude, gets-
1: I've only gotten punched in the face once about six years ago and never before that wow. never after that wow. and it was just some guy who just his sister wanted to wanted me to pour champagne on her and I did and then he was like he just got angry and punched me uh, yeah.
0: yeah you're gonna get that uh, hey right. once every decade I'm okay yeah I was that. gonna say man you're doing well now, my, you're doing the, well the odds are in my favor yeah. but
1: how late does uh? what are the liquor laws in Cleveland I don't even
0: know uh, they research typically research. go to they typically go to about two in the morning give or take Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, it'll, you'll have fun. You'll have fun. I am very, very And, you know, excited. let's hope it's a nice Friday night in Cleveland. But, man, yeah, I mean, these guys these guys saw something that, that none of us saw because we all thought they were absolutely out of their minds to put an outdoor club in Cleveland, Ohio, because our summers are brutal. I mean, our summers aren't that yeah. great. Uh, I mean, but, you know, that's the, you know yeah. the crazy ones are usually the ones that – Yep. Exactly. I succeed. Uh, what's a uh, real million, quick, r- real, real but, quick with, uh, with the clubs of all the clubs you've yeah. ever done. What's like one or two of your favorites in this country?
1: Okay. One of my favorites and it's outside this country is lost and found in Toronto. If you've never been to Toronto, it's 19 to drink. It's girls on the level of Miami hot. And they're all super nice, super fun. This club is tiny, like probably holds 250 people max they at least for my parties that i do there once every few months yeah they let me ruin the room i'm the only resident in that room besides one other person that they constantly bring back but this is where like bieber will go drake will go it's a super high-end nightclub Wow. i do my party there when i leave i'm not shitting you there's at least an inch of milk on the entire floor of the club <laughs> like hilarious. they just the owner is just like I don't know either he likes uh, me or he's making a killing of yeah. me that I don't even know about right. but that room gets just dist- it's so much fun it's literally one of the, my favorite parties uh, ever highly recommend to come to my party in Toronto if you can I love the oh, yeah.
0: what about in but, the, you know, about in the States
1: in the, in the States it's uh, I haven't done this one in a
0: while but I used to have a lot of fun in Sacramento really something about sacramento i used to do a party there uh san diego you know what
1: because i don't get to go to the west coast that often yeah so kind of is like a cleveland thing where i do go the kids come out oh yeah and they get extra nutty yeah uh, and like you know any coastal city like that on the west coast the crowd is generally better looking it just makes for a better fun
0: oh time. yeah oh yeah that's awesome man hey listen um, can't wait to see you next weekend. Hopefully we'll, we'll be able very to link up to and get drunk with you and your wife. Uh, absolutely. And, and you'll have a fun time. Cleveland got to come out, come out and see this guy. I guarantee you they will. I've seen Ford they're promoting it. They're promoting it pretty hard. So it yeah, should be an be epic fun. night, man. Uh, and if you
1: don't get to see it, you can just follow along on my story on Instagram.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Hey, listen, uh we'll see you next week, buddy. I really appreciate you coming on tonight sharing your story.
1: Sweet. Thank you for having me, man.
0: Continued success. See you soon.
1: I appreciate it. Thanks, thanks buddy. Bye. Thanks, bye the optimal life
0: and thank you for listening to another episode of the optimal life really appreciate the support and uh, if you guys enjoy what you're listening to and enjoy what you're hearing as always please click subscribe and give us the five-star rating so we can continue to elevate the podcast within Apple podcasts and everywhere else that the podcast is played and provided and uh, leave us a comment. Leave us feedback. You could. Uh, we're always open to feedback, whether it's positive or negative. So uh, you know, we want to do whatever we can to improve the show. And if there's something that we're missing, then let us know. You could reach me also on Instagram at Nathan Haber. And uh, again, I know that you have a lot of listening options these days. There's a lot of information out there. There's a lot of people sharing different things. So if you are listening to this podcast and if you're a loyal listener to this podcast, from the bottom of my heart, I want to just say thank you. Uh, very grateful for that. And uh, we're going to continue providing you guys with the best content possible so that we can continue to live an optimal life and be our optimal and best selves. Talk to you guys soon. Thanks.